Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ez Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 399. More than a communication um, that men need to learn how to communicate with their wives better, empathy is a big part of it. And very often, there's a disparity of understanding each other when it comes to this. Very often a husband feels his wife is overreacting. But to her, she feels that he's being insensitive. For him, she, her emotional responses seem excessive. You call her immature or not stable, and you may criticize her for being overly emotional, which could break her. In reality, she is a sensitive person and is expressing part of who she is. Very often a man, if he has a commanding voice and instruction and, and, and it, it's viewed by his, his wife as being constantly critical and even cruel. So therefore, together with communication, needs to come a certain empathy, an internal empathy, prior to that external, external communication that comes from the panemius of the lave. Ryan Lane, in his book, brings a muscle to this to understand what empathy is about. That it was the middle of a very cold winter in Russia, and Zalman, he was one of the wealthiest members of the community, and he was in, sitting in front of a huge fireplace, and he was enjoying the warmth. Someone comes knocking on his door. The butler was surprised to see the rabbi of the city standing right outside the door at such a late hour, and it was very bad weather, extremely cold. The butler says, come in, rabbi. And the rabbi says, would you mind calling Zalman to the door? And the butler says, rabbi, it's quite cold. Would you like to get warm? Come inside. The rabbi says, thanks, but I'm in a rush. Please call Zalman down here. I'll be very brief. Zalman comes to the door in his slippers, his shirt sleeves, and Zalman says, would you like to come in? And the rabbi says, no, thank you. I'll just be a minute. As you can see, Zalman, the winter is very bitter. Our city has a very, very poor people who can't afford the wood to make fire in their homes. The Zalman responds, excuse me, rabbi, it's cold. Would you mind if we talk over a hot cup of coffee inside? The rabbi says, I'm in a rush. Just give me 30 seconds. says, the price of wood skyrocketed this year. The poor people are having difficulty purchasing the wood. And you know what happens to a home that has no firewood. It's freezing all the time. And at this point, Zalman's already shaking from the cold. It says, Rabbi, please come inside. I can't stand the cold. It's going into my bones. Then the rabbi says, okay, if you insist, I'll come in. And he comes in and he continues his speech. We're collecting 10,000 rubles. We're trying to collect for the poor people of the city to keep them warm. And Zalman says, of course, I will help. And he right away went to his desk, wrote a check for the whole amount. And the rabbi thanked him for his generosity and turned to leave. So Zalman asked him, Rabbi, before you leave, I want to ask you one question. If you came to me for money, you surely realized that it would take more than one minute. Why didn't you come in right away? And the rabbi answered him, my dear Zalman, I wanted you to actually feel the cold. If you don't see the pain of others, you won't be as generous. And that is a very big aside. You feel the cold yourself, you'll understand and have more empathy for all those poor people that are cold that can't afford the firewood that you could help supply. This is the aside of what a yid is. Of a manic, certainly, like we see by Moshe, Vayar B'Siv he saw their pain. And this story shows a very important point. You could relate 
to how it feels when you're cold, but it's much more difficult to identify with something outside our emotional makeup. And what happens sometimes is in life is that Hashem sometimes has us feel that cold to develop our empathy. And of course, it's better to choose on our own to be vayarbis of loisam, to feel other people's pain, and we shouldn't have to experience it ourselves in a real tangible way. But this is a yisoy just in general to know in life, by the way. It's an important thing. If, for example, someone who, you know, like I, I mentioned several times when I broke my ankle, the next six months I had I was more cognizant and more aware and empathetic for people who had broken their legs or had trouble walking because of my own experience personally that I felt deeper by the fact that I actually was experiencing it. Or, as another example, if someone had a rough tukufa in their life where they experienced a certain level of anxiety and depression, and you're generally not an anxious or depressed person, but now a matziv came up and you're feeling a certain way and, you know, it, it, it's painful, sometimes it's there temporarily and you'll heal from it to recognize them when other people are experiencing this agmas nefesh to understand that and to have empathy towards them. Now, very often women complain that I don't have an emotional closeness and I want my husband. And there is a physiological basis for this complaint because many studies have confirmed that the brains of men and women are organized very differently. And one major difference is, is that the emotional center in a man's brain is located specifically in the right hemisphere and, by the, and a woman's emotional capacity resides in both hemispheres. Which means, in simple English, that women have an easier time plugging into what their spouses need. Right? They, have, they are more in tune. The women are, generally speaking, more in tune to feel what their husbands need and provide it. And they have a hard time understanding why don't their husbands do the same for them. They don't understand why their spouses, the men, their husbands, are so oblivious and at times could be very insensitive to their emotions and their needs. Because in truth, women have a need to feel loved and cared for. They need the other person, their husband, to want to spend time with them and to let them know they're loved. And they have a hard time figuring out why men don't understand this need and why are men so reluctant to supply that need. In reality, men love their wives very deeply and they love each other but they each have different expectations and the different ways their mind works. So they have to sort of adapt and learn. So by a husband, it may not always come naturally to feel that emotional closeness all the time. They may not feel naturally inclined to be attuned to their wives and what they need. And this is our, uh, as men, their avayda, our avayda, to attune, to become more empathetic and to attune to our wives' emotional needs that come less naturally to us, but we need to really work on it. Now, what Rav Aaron Lane said, which is interesting, is that we had Shiorim in the in prior Shiorim that talked about how by men, their needs are primarily prestige, power, and pleasure. And by women, it's more achievement than appearance and mostly affection. And he, he feels, based on his experience, that even this applies even in marriages where sometimes the wife is more... Um, you know, assertive and more strong-minded and the husband is more milder personality, even in those situations, these needs are still very deep in a, in a person's psyche 
and it's definitely um, um, a, a true internal need regardless of their personalities. That deep inside, even if one is more strong-minded as a woman, she still yearns that affection from her husband. And a, and a, um, and a husband may seem more mild, but there's a certain level of prestige and, and, and those other aspects that are important to him. So there was one story, a woman came to his office was sharing her problems in her marriage and the fundamental issue with her was she wasn't feeling loved by her husband. And when she relayed this message to her husband, he said, how can you say that? How can you say I don't love you? Look how much money you get to spend each month. In other words, the husband was confident that he was a good husband. In his mind, he proved that he loved his wife beyond a shadow of a doubt by taking care of her credit card bills and taking care of her finances. So Rabbi Aaron Lane explained to her his theory with the three P's of the men and the three A's of the women, like we said. And he said, I understand your point. Your husband is not able to see your perspective. One of the three P's for a man is power, which is strongly collected, connected to money. So in your husband's mind, when he's sharing money in unlimited amounts with you, that is the way he is expressing his love. So, you know, that's obviously not ideal. And with teaching men now, no, you know, you have to learn your wife's language and learn her three A's and, and fill that need. But to change to her husband is, is a lot of work. But, you know, at least if you understand the root of the situation, it's not based on intention. It's based on the perception, meaning that her husband truly, truly cared about her very, very deeply. But nevertheless, we need to understand that even with his loving his wife in a very deep way, she wasn't getting the affection and the attention she needed because he had no clue of what she actually needed. He didn't understand those needs, those three A's that we talked about, the achievement, the appearance, the affection, primarily affection, that she needs. Because he himself may have not experienced those needs. He, his language is those three P's like we talked about. So the idea being is, is that part of Shalom Bayez training, part of understanding all of this, is to learn, if you can't feel it emotionally yet in your heart, to, to learn how to at least know it in your head, and then start practicing those needs of the opposite gender, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, to give them that deep attention that they need. And he believes, like we said before, that even a wife that has a stronger personality and outside the house, or even inside the house, sometimes it seems that there's a role reversal, that she's in charge and he's more laid back. But generally speaking, men and women maintain their ultimate internal natures and needs in most of their private situation between a husband and a wife. But the bottom line between all of this is men and women are indeed different and what is obvious to one spouse is a mystery to another spouse. That's why very often a spouse misinterprets why the other reacts in a certain way, and that's where problems arise. Very often there is indeed a deep love with one another, but, but they don't understand each other. So the idea is, someone told his wife, for example, this statement, I love you, but I don't need you. Now, what is that statement? How does it make a woman feel when she says, when it's, she's told, I love you, but I don't need you? For men in their brains, they feel it's a noble thing. What they're trying to say when they say, I love you and I don't need you, is that I, I, I don't have an ulterior motive. 
I'm un- my love to you is unconditional. It's not based on what I lack. But, but a wife won't see it that way. If you say, I love you, but I don't need you, on the wife's perspective hearing this, he's trying to be noble. He's trying to say that I love you just the way you are, whether you give me this or you don't give me anything, I love you the way you are, so I don't really need you, meaning you're not here to fulfill my needs. That's what he's trying to say. She hears it and saying, I have no value. If I'm not needed, what am I worth? So this is the idea to, un- to understand this. For most men, the spouses fill one or more of their P's, the pleasure aspects, but also prestige and power. That's a fuel to the man's ego. The car he drives, the watch he wears, the wife he marries, and so on and so forth. And for a woman, a wife provides a large part of her self-esteem, the affection especially, that she depends so much on her husband's affection for her self-worth to hear. So to hear her husband doesn't need her can be very, very destructive, even though you didn't mean it that way. And because since she needs her husband emotionally, she assumes that he feels the same way. And by saying she's not needed, uh, she feels he's essentially saying, you know, if you disappear tomorrow, it wouldn't be a big loss. That's not what he meant, but that's what she often hears. So so the, the way a husband and wife build each other with their self-esteem is by providing those needs for them and filling them up and recognizing that they have those needs and do everything they can to fulfill them as much as possible, even though it doesn't come naturally to you. See, and sociologically, men are more independent in nature. Generally speaking, their self-esteem does not depend on having a spouse, but very often a woman's self-esteem is derived to a very large extent from her husband. And a woman has, generally speaking, a greater need for emotional intimacy than men do. And they may want their husbands to spend more time with them. Men, as a rule, generally speaking, seek their independence, their individualism. They love their wives dearly, but at the same time, they very often, many men, don't need to be spend as much time with their wives as much as wives need to spend time with them because they need their own space or whatever the case may be. And very often, wives think because of this that their husbands are more committed to their office or to other things than they are to their own family or to themselves. And, you know, in the office, he's full of energy. At the home, she doesn't see that same drive. And, and it hurts her. And he doesn't understand it. He says, I'm working and I'm slaving for my family. It's not that I don't want to spend more time with my family. I just simply can't. I have to work hard so I could support us and so on and so forth. And a wife sometimes feels guilty. You know, he's right. He is working many, many hours. And we do need that income. But still, a part of her still feels that she's not his priority. And she still wants to be an important part in his life. And what Rabbi Arlene is saying, and it's true that her instinct that she's not his only priority is partially true. Because he is indeed working to support his family. But deep inside, he's also fulfilling his needs for the prestige and power and, and, and so on when he's working. And very often that's why you have men, even if they become wealthy and self-dependent, they still go into the office because they feel that need. 
even many, many wealthy people, even they know they continue to work to create more and more income, which costs them the time they would otherwise spend with their family, or frankly, in their learning and in their ruchnias, because their drive for work gives them a sense of self-worth that usually comes before spending time with the family. And this is a Musa Haskell in general, for everyone listening out there, everyone's in a different matzah. So if you're financially tight and you have no choice and you need to work uh, you know, as hard as you need to work, that's one thing. But very often a person has a choice already where Baruch Hashem he's doing very well and he could cut down a little bit or even a lot to spend more time on his ruchnias and to spend more time with his wife and with his mishpacha. And instead of following that rat race and the wild goose chase that, that, that most people have, they could learn how to do that. And a, a wife wants to feel good about herself and he, she wants her husband's time and attention and he's nowhere to be found because he's looking to boost his self-esteem in other areas, in more money, or a successful career, his other connections in the community and so on and so forth. And he logically justifies himself by he's doing all this for his wife. He's, she's happy that he's bringing in this extra money or that he's you know, well-respected in the community. It helps her as well. And there is a certain truth to that, and he means it sincerely. And he believes really, really that this is a good way to show his love. And he's fulfilling her by it in his mind. So why doesn't she see it that way? Because she also will benefit from them. But in reality, uh, a, a wife would often want his attention more than his money, and more than many, so many other things. So to review some aspects of this particular shear is that more than communication, one needs to develop empathy, a real true internal empathy prior to that external communication. That sometimes Hashem creates a, a situation that we feel cold, in the winter cold, so that we could feel the compassion for all those poor people that need their firewood for the winter, and to understand that. To understand, men need to understand how women need that emotional closeness that even if it doesn't come naturally to men, they need to provide that for their wives and to try to fill each other's shoes, understand each other as best as possible and to to actually fulfill those needs because that enhances the self-esteem and the closeness and connection. And for men who love their wives dearly need to also understand that, but not to look at it from your own perspective of what love is with the three Ps, but rather look at it in the perspective of your wife with the three A's that she has, particularly the affection and the emotional closeness. And that reciprocal aspect of trying to fulfill each other's deepest needs creates a special bond and a special closeness of being understood, of being loved, and ultimately each one gives to each other freely that way because they themselves are happy and they feel fulfilled. Bracha <laughs> natzlacha.